What's up, everybody? This is Dave Jokes, and you are listening to Mindless Digital. And uh, if you're looking to find me on social media, look me up on Instagram at Dave underscore jokes. So uh, follow me, follow the show, uh, give me a five-star rating, review, even if you have to lie. I don't care. Just do it, please. So, yeah, it's good to be back. I uh, took a little vacation with the family. And, um, so it's always a good time. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that first. I was going to talk about something else first, but I'm going to move this up on the agenda since I mentioned that. But, um, the family and I took a vacation a couple of weeks ago to Seattle, Washington for no reason other than just to see that part of the country. And this is the second vacation we've taken this year, which is something we don't normally do. Take two vacations. We usually just try to target one during the summer. But we did Chicago in the uh, uh, during spring break, and um, now our summer vacation is uh, or was I should say to Seattle, Washington, and we prepped for the trip. We looked at a, looked at a bunch of YouTube videos to find uh, restaurants, and um, of course we researched um, places to visit. And uh, my wife came up with an itinerary, as always. I, on the other hand, was in charge of finding the places to eat because that's, that's what I specialize in. I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie on the inside and a fatty on the outside, if you will. But um, not to get into a whole lot of specifics, but we did enjoy a lot of the um, landmarks, if you will, or uh, tourist attractions in, in Seattle. Uh, we went down to the aquarium. Um, the kids um, rode the Ferris wheel that's there on the pier. We took a uh, a boat ride tour of the harbor and uh, went to Mount. Actually, we went to this resort that takes you on a cable trolley ride or, or a gondola ride to uh, view Mount Rainier. Get a closer view of it because, I mean, obviously you're not going to get to it and try to climb it but um they do that and uh hell we did a bunch of other stuff and then we had a lot of great food we went down to pike's place market man that's a never-ending place of shops for everything not just food they've got you know clothes they've got uh goods you know like magazines books um clothes or not sure I already say clothes but like um specialty items like leather goods things like that I mean it, it's it's got everything that you would want to look at and of course there's good food to be had around there and uh, we stopped off at uh Peter's Cheese and um had their famous grilled cheese sandwiches and their famous macaroni and cheese uh, the plain and with the smoked salmon and both of them were just fantastic. And then we went, went around the corner and went to Pike's Place Chowder and stood in line for about 45 minutes for what has got to be the best clam chowder and seafood bisque in the world. Now, I haven't had actual New England clam chowder from New England Boston or any part of the East Coast, 
But right now, I can say that that is definitely the, the top of the list. Now, in the next couple of years, we will probably be making a trip down to Boston so we can do a comparison. But for now, Pike's Place Chowder is the best that I've ever had. So if anybody out there that listens to this and has samples from the West, or I should say from the East Coast in that uh, Northeastern area and can recommend, then please do so so we can do a true comparison. But, you know, vacations are not just about visiting places and um, eating great foods. It's more of spending quality time with your family. It's more about making memories and enjoying them. I can say when we took the Chicago trip, um, I was not on my best behavior. I am known in my household as grumpy grandpa. As you know, I have two grandchildren. And even before we had grandkids, I was labeled the grumpy grandpa because I can be kind of grumpy sometimes. And it's just not because I'm being hangry um, and I need to eat. It's just I get in these grumpy moods. That's just me. And that happened in Chicago. And they said, you didn't enjoy yourself, which I actually did. I don't know why. I just had these moments of grumpiness. So uh, my wife sat me down and she said, hey, please don't do what you did the last time. And I, I actually can say that I was on my best behavior. I actually doubled up on my medication just, you know, as a, as a help, as something to get me through, which is my my anxiety medicine. Because sometimes I can get anxious on, on vacation um, if there's a lot of people around or, you know, the long airplane or uh, uh, car rides or whatever. So I just um, took a little bit extra and it helped. Had good results. And I enjoyed myself and family enjoyed me. Family enjoyed being around me and having them with them. And so um, this family vacation was a success. And, and it's good because, like I said, it's making memories. It's enjoying your family and they're enjoying your company and hanging out with you. And they remember that. They remember a lot of things and sometimes you'll be surprised the things that actually stand out you know in their mind it's not the big places that they visited or the great food sometimes it's just the fact that they were hanging out with you and and enjoying all of these things with you and not just on their own or not just with mom or somebody else you know so you got to be grateful for the family vacations you got to take advantage of it uh, whether you go out of town, where you go out of state, out of the country, or whether you just do a staycation and, and just do it around the house. It doesn't really matter. But you definitely got to make the most of it. You got to, you got to, not to be corny, but you got to seize the moment. You got to enjoy the day and just enjoy the company. And sometimes that's the things that you have to remember that is important. It's enjoying the moment and who you're spending it with. And um, I think I accomplished that on this last vacation. And I am going to try to do my best to do it on each and every vacation from here on out. Because we're already making plans for next summer, which we're going to go back to Mexico City. Probably stay another 
five, six, seven days and hit a lot of the spots that we didn't hit the first time around and, and repeat some of the spots that we did hit. And of course, have fantastic food. Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to that. All right. So vacations. Yeah. The thing about vacations, though, is it's it's always fun coming back home because after you've had your fun there, now you got to come home, you got to unpack, and then you got to get back to normal life. You got to get back to work. Luckily, the kids are not in school, so they didn't have to worry about going back to school or anything. But then you have to decompress. And sometimes coming back from vacation... um. It's just as tough as, as going, you know, uh, to work because it's like, oh, now reality sets in because what you do when you get on vacation or when you go on vacation is you get away from the stress of everyday life. You get away from the stress from work. You stop thinking about work. You leave all of that behind and then you come back and there, everything you have to do after that is work again because you got to work at unpacking. You got to work washing the clothes that you got dirty and everything that you brought back, you know, you deliver to you, your family members, all of the, all of the, um, I forget what you call, but, uh, the little trinkets and stuff that you bought, t-shirts, caps, whatever it was, the merchandise that you bought, you got to deliver it to your family members, your friends. And so it's another, it's another aspect of the vacation. It's like, Oh, it's not always fun, but you know, it's part of it. But I can absolutely say that the best thing about coming back from vacation is taking a shit in your own toilet. Nothing beats that. Nothing is better than that. And that's all I have to say about vacations. So next thing I wanted to talk about was work. Why not? We talk vacations. Now we talk work. So I started a new job about almost two months ago. And uh, still in the medical uh, field, but I'm not dealing with patients anymore. It's more of data collection uh, and an analysis review. And then everything that's uh, collected, all the information that's collected is given to the manufacturer or the sponsor of the project, they submit it to the FDA, and then FDA will review all of their data and, and analysis, and then will either approve or disapprove of their um, of their product. It's usually an implant, either for the spine, uh, for the knee joint, elbow joint. Sometimes it's drugs, you know. And, um, then they go from there, but because it is a new, a new job for me, um, things hadn't always been going so smoothly because, uh, you know, there's a, a time to adjust. There's an adjustment period and, um, everything is new to me. I have nothing to fall back on as far as experience because this is something that I haven't done before 
And so it can be a little frustrating sometimes because when, you know, you, you're you're in a job that um, you're having to start all over from from scratch and learn everything, it, it it's you know it's sometimes a, a, a kick to the ego, and uh, you have to set that aside, and you have to think, all right, this is something new. I'm being forced to think outside the box. Um, I'm being forced to think differently from the norm from I'm, I'm applying my expertise and my information and my experience, but in new ways, it's in, um, in a way where I have to think outside of the normal rules that I was used to of a technologist working with patients. You know, I still have that information, but now I have to put it to use in a different way. And so I have to start thinking differently and it takes you, you know, out of your comfort zone. Uh, I'm doing more paperwork, um, writing documents and things like that. And, um, it can get a little frustrating, like I said. And so you just kind of deal with it and work, work at it and try to get better and, uh, find some resources to help you out. Lean on people that, uh, are willing to give you a hand there to, to give you some support and uh, you know all of a sudden things start to fall into place and it gets a little bit better for you it gets a little bit easier and that's kind of what I was dealing with um, but the best part about this job is the fact that um, I'm considered a valued employee I'm appreciated you know and when they ask for your opinion, your opinion is actually considered. It's actually used. You know, that, that that's the biggest thing. That's why people leave their jobs. A lot of people will leave it because there's no recognition. Uh, they don't feel valued. They don't feel important. They don't feel appreciated. That's the big thing. You can give them raises. You can have good benefits. But if they don't feel like they're part of the system and they're important to the company they're gonna bounce they're gonna find another place you know and that that's the biggest thing it's you have to have a quality of life not just at home but a quality of life at work and, and if you're gonna go to a place that's just gonna uh, abuse you and uh, people are just rude to each other and there's no form of civility why would anybody want to stay there but if you go to a job that um, they see you as a team member or someone that has input that can be used and they make you feel that way, then that employee is going to stay with you forever or as long as things don't change. So that's, that's how I feel at this new job, that um, even though I've had a hard adjustment period, they're okay with me they know that there's going to be some time for me to adjust but they come to me for questions and they and they um send questions my way we get into these big discussions about certain projects and and they'll turn towards me and ask me for my opinion they'll they'll ask for my help they'll ask for my thoughts on things and that's great because well i can help you out with that i have an answer for that and then they put that answer to use. 
that information that you give them, they put it to use. And when you see that being done, that's a boost to the ego. Because they see that you add value, that you can contribute. And that's a big thing. That's a real big thing. So we've talked about family and vacations. We've talked about work. Let's talk about life. Now life has kind of been interrupted for us because of the COVID and the pandemic and all that bullshit. And um, honestly, there's been a lot of conspiracy theories floating around about this uh, COVID, uh, the novel COVID, whatever it is it's called, COVID-19. Um, I'm starting to believe them. The more and more that I hear about these things, I'm starting to believe it. I definitely believe that there's a reason behind this 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 pandemic. It's not just something that occurred naturally. And if you can't consider a conspiracy theory to possibly be true, that there could be a possibility of truth to it, then you're a sheep. You're closed-minded. Okay? And shout out to uh, Ranting with Ramos for constantly put, putting this out there as a possibility. There's always that possibility. You have to consider it. You have to open your mind. You have to open your ears. And you have to do your own research. Now, I may be off on this. I may be totally way off. But I'm still going to put it out there. But my theory, my idea about this, there's probably several reasons that this happened. Okay. One of them definitely is population control. It has to be. Look at the numbers. How many people have died? Lots of people. A lot of people. Okay. They've died. Mostly older people. Right. Who had some younger people. And they probably had compromised immune systems. They probably had other medical issues that weakened their, their immune system. But most of the deaths were older people. Okay. So what did the government do? Okay. Well, we got mixed signals from them, right? But then they start paying people out for uh, unemployment. They start giving an extra... I think it was $600 a week during unemployment because some people did lose their jobs, but they're going to throw it out there. And then what else did they do? They gave out these stimulus packages, right? They gave it out to uh, everybody that made less than, I think it was 150 grand a year per household. Okay. They gave it out in the first stimulus package. Then they gave out a second stimulus package. And then they talked about a third stimulus package. Okay. Now they're giving out a child care credit. You know, so if you have a kid under six years old, it's like 300 a month. If you have anybody older than that up to the age 17, it's 250 a month. So if you have three or four kids, you could clean up on a monthly basis. Just the extra cash that they're throwing your way. 
Why? Because that's what people do at a problem. You have a problem, you throw cash at it. What happens? People tend to forget about it. They go away. They shut up. You give them money, it takes care of everything. It just clears the issue. Now, if you don't believe that that's a possibility, you're a sheep, my friend. Think about it. It's possible. Our government is evil. Look at history. History will tell you. I'm not going to go into specifics about it because I wasn't prepared for it. But you can do your own research. And that's my thoughts on that. Okay. Oh, one more thing. Um, now Biden, he wants to go vaccinate people door to door. Really? Who's going to be in charge of going to the bad neighborhoods? I'd like to see that. Come on, old man. You're losing it. That's not going to work. That's a dumb idea. Anyway, enough about that. Enough about ranting with Dave. Shout out to ranting with Ramos. That guy, he's got his ear to the ground. Definitely check him out. All right, here's another shout out. Let me give a shout out to uh, the Chicano-ish crew. Uh, Pops, David Lopez Sr., Beans, and Buzz. Um, I listened to their last episode and uh, they were talking about dreams. Um, this one p- dream in particular where Pops' wife woke up and had a dream and had had a dream that um, he had cheated on her. And it's like, but I didn't do anything. I'm innocent. And you may have been innocent, but in the dream, you were not. You were guilty of it. But here's the deal with that. All right. So dreams occur. We can't really control them. Some people say they can, but I don't know. I've never tried it. I've never done it. But dreams happen, right? The dream where your spouse, significant other, partner, whatever, cheats on you, it's a common dream, okay? When they wake up and they tell you about this dream, all right, first thing you want to do is definitely reassure them. Say, hey, can it happen? It's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. Definitely got to give them that. Don't do what I did. My wife has had this dream. She tells me the same thing. It's like, you cheated? You know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Don't ever ask, what does she look like? That is not the right answer. You have to console her. You have to reassure her. And you have to say, that person in the dream was not me. It was somebody else. That's it. But definitely, don't ask. What does she look like? Now, the reality of the dream, um, I've looked this up and I've heard other people discuss, you know, dreams. Usually that dream is, is um, comes from a situation where your significant other let you down. Okay. They either didn't support you on a decision or they did something that you didn't expect them to. 
and you felt like he should have consulted with me or something where, you know, you just feel let down that they decided to do something like that. And it doesn't mean that they cheated. It's just that their decision to do something in particular uh, wasn't something that maybe you were um, uh, in accord with or agreed to. And so that's kind of what happens and it weighs heavily on your mind. And maybe it was a big decision. Maybe it was a big family decision or a big financial decision. And, um, you know, or maybe they didn't agree with something that you wanted to do, right? Maybe you had your heart set on, you know, buying a new car and they said, no, it's now's not the time or whatever. And you felt like let down. It's very possible. So. All right. Uh, I think this is going to be it for me. I just want to thank everybody that's tuned in for my episodes. Um, I do this podcast for you and for me. It's therapy. But uh, if you do tune in, I thank you. Uh, Again, if you want to follow me on Instagram, follow me at Dave Jokes. Um, You know, follow my podcast, rate it, review it. I don't care. Just put something out there. Let me know that you're listening, you know, and, um, all right, guys, I'll see you until next time. Later. Uh, everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you.